You are listening to WERA 96.7 FM, Arlington, Virginia. This is your girl Yazzie Speaks on Millennial Minds. This evening, we have a distinguished guest. Her name is Rashima Melson. She is a D.C. native, Anacostia High School alumna, and Georgetown University alumna. She is also the Family Recruitment and Outreach Specialist at Bright Beginnings, Inc., Hi, Rashima. Hi. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> yes, I'm so honored to have you here. You know, your story has taken Washington, D.C., the DMV, and literally the nation um, by storm. You have a very powerful testimony. And um, I, I've seen you on WUSA 9 with the living legend Bruce Johnson and Good Morning America with the lovely Robin Roberts. And then you were in California with uh, Kiki Palmer, who we all love. <laughs> <laughs> so um, tell us who you are, where you're from, and uh, share some of your background with us. Um, okay, so first off, I love to tell people that I'm a human being just because of the experiences that I've been through and just how I um, interact with people. And I'm a very compassionate person, very understanding person. I'm a D.C. native from Southeast area, but I moved Southeast. All, yeah, I, moved, I moved all over Southeast, um, moved around to a couple of states due to like the homelessness and things like that. And I mean, just who I'm at, who I am as a person. I really want to be a person. I'm evolving and I'm changing. So I can't say exactly who I am, but I know my mission in life mm-hmm. is just to create change, um, bring love, be a loving person, be a forgiving person. I want to actually be the person who I say I am. So when I look in the mirror, I don't want to look at a lie. I want to mm-hmm. always be the truth. That's and deep. that's that's what my mission in life is. So that's why I always say I'm just a human being. So titles don't matter to me. None of those other things matter to me. I just want to be a great human being, whether that's being a friend, a sister, mm-hmm. um, a colleague, anything. But I just want to make sure I'm being a great human being at the core first. That's that's the message right there. I want to be a good human being. <laughs> I am a human being. And I think that's, you know, Rashima, when you say that, I mean, there's so many nuggets of wisdom and, and truth in what in what you're, you know, the statements that you're making um, in these like I am statements, mm-hmm. um, because it, it can be very easy in the United States, I think, for us to sensationalize and or exploit mm-hmm. um, stories of or people, you know, who have gone through certain experiences that maybe others have not gone through right and 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 sometimes if we're not careful we can remove or like separate that person from their humanity and make it like you know it's just like so sensational that you lose that humanity so I I love how you started that and so in your humanity, can you share with us, Rashima? And I know you've shared it many times before, <laughs> but, you know, you you have had some very uh, unique and challenging mm-hmm. um, experiences, but you have overcome them, you know, with 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 faith and with determination and hard work and, and family. Mm-hmm. Uh, so just tell us some of your I don't want to spoil it. So, uh. you know, you tell us like, you know, kind of maybe what happened with your family mm-hmm. when you were younger and as you were through middle, you know, elementary, middle school, and high school, mm-hmm. and then what what allowed you to to attend college? I assume debt free, like on yes. a full ride. Yeah. <laughs> um. So growing up, just to put everything kind of in a shell, 
uh, I went through obesity. I have went through um, bulimia. I've went through having low, low self-esteem. Um, I've went through um, abuse, um, mm-hmm. whether that have been mental, physical, um, emotional. Um, I've dealt with drug addiction, not personally, but just being in the environment of it. Um, just being desensitized to a lot of violence. Um, you become really used to that. And then, of course, me and my family experiencing homelessness and living through that in that in the circumstances in that creating me to be a stronger person. So I think that's where a lot of people get interested in the story of how did I end up to where I am going through the things that I did. And you said that something you said you just said was that I overcame it. I always love to be honest. I felt like and I think everyone else did that I had overcame it because on paper and kind of in person, it looks great. Like, she succeeded. She's been through all these obstacles and adversity. She pushed past them. Boom, boom, boom. Look at her now. She's still striving. She'll be going to law school next year. And those things sound amazing. I don't think people take enough time to talk about the mental health mm. of the people who've been through these kind of things. Because me, in the past four months, this is the first four months in my entire 23 years of living, that I have been able to stand still and actually see kind of what living is like and my past is hitting me and everything that I've suppressed is coming to the forefront. Mm. And when I was going through those issues, I plowed through it because in my head it was like, I need to reach the top. I need to reach success. I'm not going to worry about all of this. I'll get to it later. I'm going to just go. Right. And now that I'm kind of at a place of standstill because I don't think I'm where actually want to be my success success point I think I'm making progress and taking those steps but I think something that I don't think people talk about enough is mental health and that's Mm -hmm. something that I wish people would advertise more instead of just looking good on paper everybody looks good on paper Mm. I'm pretty sure they do I'm pretty sure the bank account and the money and everything looks great but who are you on the inside and that's why I always right now getting chills (laughs) And that's why this I is just real though. It, no, it's it's really it's real. real. And I that's why I always address being a human being because if I walked around with my chest poked out and my head held high and just like, yep, I'm that girl. I was homeless. I did this and this. I went through all that, but I made it. I would look stupid because that's not really me being me. That's me doing what the media is saying I'm doing. You know what I mean? But that's not me being real. I want to point out that there are other people coming from the lifestyle that I've come from. And I want them to know, no, I feel your pain. I'm not going to lie on TV and say it's all great and all you got to do is have good grace and you're good. I know what it's like. I know what it's like to feel bad inside, to feel alone. Some days you wake up and you just want to cry for no reason Mm -hmm. because there's just so much pain. Some days you have headaches and you don't know why. But it's your past coming to you saying, deal with me because you never dealt with me. And so that's something that's very, very important to me, just to always be as honest as possible. Mm, I see. I see, Rashima. You bring up a great point. Um, and mental health still remains very taboo. Um, mm-hmm. Dealing with the inner self, the inner child, um, you know, past experiences, past trauma, past pain. So let's just start there then, you know, share what so far that journey has been for you addressing those things that that maybe you didn't you never really had the opportunity to address because of what you were striving for and literally you know, surviving, mm-hmm. you know, you were in a totally, you were in a different mode, I think. But now, now you have, like you said, this is the first time in your life, per, 
perhaps where you yeah. had the opportunity to actually just step back and, and sort of evaluate to kind of do a self-evaluation of where you are. So tell us what that has been like. Um, So it's been really hard, actually. I think people see me on TV and they're like, oh, you're a great speaker. Or they've seen me speak at conferences and things like that. And they're like, oh, you do amazing. But I've never actually had a social life. Um, I, I had a boyfriend. I was married and everything. You said you were married? Yes. What? Um, don't okay, worry. Okay, we'll, we'll get to that. <laughs> I need to hear this story. <laughs> um, but I've never learned to be normal, if that makes sense. And so when I'm with other people who I trust, I'll confide in them and I'll be vulnerable and say, why do you do this and not do that? And how do you, how do you, and I'm, I'm just, I'm so um, guarded. And people tell me, you need to just let your guard down and live. Every time I let my guard down or every time I've tried, I've been in a fight my whole life, my whole life, whether yes, whether it's physically, mentally, emotionally, whatever it is, I've always been fighting. I don't know how not to fight. I'm fighting today to always become better because just because you're not in that environment doesn't mean that situation isn't still with you. And so for me, I'm learning to um, call people on a regular basis. I'm learning to not cut off people. In my past, I've been hurt so, so much that as soon as I feel like somebody's about to hurt me, I cut them off. I lose all kinds of forms of contact with them. I erase, my mind has learned to erase memories that that person or emotions that that person has made me feel. Mm. And so that way I don't feel connected. And I'm not saying, well, I miss you. And my brain, I mean, it's the legitest cutoff I've ever Known in my life, people are like, you are just evil. I'm like, I'm not evil. This is how I protect myself. Mm-hmm. It may not be healthy, but this is how I've done it in the past. Yeah. I'm learning to not let go and say, you're worth it. Let's yes. work this out. Let's yes. talk. Let's communicate. Yes. Stay in my life. I want to stay in your life. Mm-hmm. And those are things that people don't really think about because they've never had to, you know, think about things like that. Right. Exactly. So, yeah, yeah it's hard. Rashima, wow. In this past year, um, I was in a program called Just Leadership USA and we it's for uh, formerly incarcerated persons, you know, who are leading, you know, whether it's in public policy or criminal justice reform. But they all have these very powerful stories. Mm-hmm. And, and some of the things that you've experienced, they've also experienced, you know, and we have an executive coach. And one of the, the coaching tools that he's taught us is it's called like wisdom coaching. And so typically in, in our society, certain things like the example that you gave of when someone disappoints us or someone hurts us, um, we cut them off and move on mm-hmm. and, you know, never just never revisit it. Like, OK, that's in my past. I have to move forward. Right. Mm-hmm. Or or fear or or being guarded. Right. Mm-hmm. So we, we typically make those things bad. But the wisdom coaching style says, asks, well, what is the wisdom in that? You know, what was the wisdom in you cutting people off that 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 seemed a threat, you know, whether it was physically, spiritually, emotionally. Mm -hmm. Um, And and one of the answers is probably it kept you alive. Yes. Keeping you alive. Absolutely. So it's not, you know, I just thought that was so interesting because I never, ever thought about fear or anger or or hesitation like in that sense. Mm -hmm. So there is wisdom to how you have managed, you know, your life and your relationships thus far. Oh, there is some wisdom in it. I guess I don't. It's hard for me to take credit for stuff. And that's something that I'm working on as well. But what you said to me about fear, when you said that word, that is 
I always used to say, I'm not afraid of anything. I'm going to overcome everything. I'm going to be successful no matter what. And then I realized I'm motivated by misery, by fear. I'm motivated by failure. I am not motivated by just wanting to accomplish something. My whole life I've been pushed by negative energy and I've tried to turn it into something good. So now that I'm in a place where there's nothing negative, I sometimes have to put a negative thing in my mind to encourage me to go forward. And so I'm a backwards person in a sense. Mm -hmm. And so I'm working on trying to just, oh, I want to get a promotion. I want to get a raise for no reason. Sure. Not that, oh, I'm broke. I got to feed the house. I got to pay the bills. Mm. I got to. So that's something that I'm working on training my mind is to not live out of fear. And for so long, I never realized that I was until I wasn't in that environment. And it's Mm. like. Ooh, so now, I mean, so many challenges that I'm pushing myself to do and trying to force myself to be better. I self-evaluate every day, even in my friendships or relationships with people. I say, how can I be better to you? How can I make you feel better? Um, Because I know what it's like to be in pain. And I know what it's like when someone is unintentionally forcing or causing pain upon you and they don't know and you sit there and you take it. That's so beautiful. Like you're where you are right now, you're in this you know, evolving stage and stretching is really, really beautiful. Thank you. So I, it's a beautiful struggle, a beautiful mess, or however <laughs> they call it, you know, you know, it, it in shattered glass, sun still shines through, you know. Yeah. So um, there's so many things I want to talk to you about, <laughs> like so many things, family dynamics and like what it was like living in, 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 in a homeless center or I don't know what you call it, like homeless shelter. shelter. Mm-hmm. Or should we talk? Maybe go that now. When when did you get married though? Uh, <laughs> I got married um, after sophomore year of high actually school or I college. Was, no college during okay. sophomore year. Okay. Yes. So maybe we should start. Where should we start? I'm gonna let you because we I, can start wherever you want. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Well, let's switch it up because okay. I know everybody asks you. You know. Okay. How was it like? You know, living in a homeless shelter. I was talk about the purpose behind it, and I I, I think. Everyone has a different perception of why I got married. I understand. So everyone thinks it was like, oh, it was your high school sweetheart. You were madly in love. You were just being young, dumb, and stupid. I knew exactly what I was doing. Um, When we actually, when he actually proposed to me, we were broken up. And I was feeling so much heat and pressure from all the media I was receiving to be the, because uh, I was valedictorian at Anacostia. Mm-hmm. And they were like, straight A's, straight A's. And so when I got to Georgetown, everybody was like, oh, you're going to be straight A's, straight A's. So when people would call me and check up on me, people would write me letters, how school, this and this. And I had never received report, I meant support in my life. So I had always pushed myself, like I said, off negative energy. So when I was getting all this good energy, I was feeling crowded into myself. I fell back into myself. And I said, well, how can I get away from these people and make it look legit? Mm-hmm. If I get married... As a wife and follow my husband into the army, it would look perfectly fine. So I was running away from all the pressure, from all the expectations. I was running away from this life, this label of being the homeless valedictorian who went to Georgetown. I was running away from it all and covering it up and masking it with the fact that, oh, I'm married now and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And when I got there and a couple months passed and I said, so you ran away to live with this. You ran away to go to this life. And I said to myself, Shayla, you're being the biggest coward I've ever met in my life. And you've never been a coward before. Why are you starting to be a coward now? God has blessed you so much. He's put you in such a great light. You have multiple opportunities. He's given you everything you've asked for. And you ran away. Mm -hmm. 
And I said to myself, I have to go back. Mm. I have to go back. I have to, because all those people who I was telling and hoping to encourage (coughs) and all the people who I was motivating and saying, if I can do it, you can do it. But I didn't do it. And so I said, okay. It's time to get a divorce. Mm-hmm. I wrote now, a, did you actually move with your husband? Yes. I moved okay. to um, Fort Campbell Base, which is in Tennessee, kind of borderline Kentucky. I got you. Yeah. I got you. And Were so, you still in college at that time? So I had okay. transferred from Georgetown to Austin Peay State University. Okay. I wrote a letter of petition to Georgetown and said, this is why you need to let me back in. I was being a coward. I didn't appreciate this opportunity. I know I can do better. I know there's more out of me. I know I have a purpose. And I was wrong. I left. I I really explained thoroughly why should I belong back at Georgetown. And then next school year, I was back at Georgetown, and great. and after that, it's like I the was prodigal ready. son. <laughs> I love it. Wow. Okay. And how long were you on this military base for? Just a year. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Just a year. Yeah. The kid mm-hmm. had to go. I understand. Mm-hmm. I do understand. Wow. That's an interesting, I, okay. Yeah, I just got to tell my second husband, whoever he is, don't worry, you're going to be the real first husband, so. Yes. Oh, yeah. No oh, yes. <laughs> you know, it's it, it, it's actually common, more common than not, for folks to, you know, people who do get married, you know, maybe get married a second time mm-hmm. or even a third time. And, I, you know, we kind of make it, a, a kind of a shameful situation but it's not really I'm not ashamed you know anything. a lot of folks get married young for various reasons sometimes it's you know true meant to be forever sometimes <laughs> it's like what the hell did I get myself into yeah <laughs> but that's I, I love it I love it I love it and and the great thing is is when 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 that happens you will you'll be ready you know or, or at least you know no, I'll be ready. Whoever yeah. you are out there, I will be ready for you. I no love worries. it. I love it. I love it. So um, going back to home life, mm-hmm. um, was your father? My your father, father was murdered when I was Ooh. nine months old. Mm. It, it's all right. I'm 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 a little removed from the situation. Yeah, but still, you know. Yeah, I understand. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So your father was gone. You grow, grew up with your mom and you have a brother. I have multiple brothers, okay. but my younger brother, yes. He's my baby. I always put the spotlight on him. That's my brother. I see. I see. And um, when did you all have to go to, um, was it D.C. General? D.C. General. Okay. Mm-hmm. Is D.C. General still open? Nope. They knocked it down. Yes, they did. Mm, yeah. We're going to leave that there. Yeah. Um. So me and my family were moving around uh, for a while. Uh, we were couch surfing, living in hotel to hotel. We lived in abandoned houses. Now, how do you happen to know how that happened? Like, did you? I did your mom lose a home or no? So my mom apparently was sick of the D.C. area just because of all the violence and negativity, and she says that she just wanted a better life for us. So she was like, "Let's pick up and go somewhere else where I think this will be better for us." And in that, some things occurred which led us to homelessness, and. I'm okay right now, and with me looking back, I just want her to know that I'm absolutely okay with that, and I, I love you, Mom, and I understand why you did it, and I'm not mad. Um, mm-hmm. Everything that I've been through has encouraged me to be a better person, to be absolutely stronger, and I know that she had good intentions. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it is impact over intention, but once you go back and you really think it through, 
it, it makes sense. So mm-hmm. I see. Mm-hmm. And then, so you ended up at DC General. How old were you? I think I was 15, 14, 15. Mm-hmm. And how old was your youngest brother? He's five years younger than me. Okay. So I think he was still in elementary school. Okay. And then he kind of went into middle school at the time. Mm-hmm. Something like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you were there for how long? Two, three years. Okay. My family was there longer than I was because when I went to Georgetown, they were still there. I understand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I understand. Okay. Wow. And what what was that experience like? I mean, I could give you details um, about what it was like to not be normal and to have to eat food without being able to microwave and not having a, a refrigerator, um, knowing things that most people would be like, oh, why would you do that? Or... Um, people typically don't wear shower shoes until they get into college dorms. And so for us, I got used to, my mom would hate me for this, but I got used to walking around with no shoes on, no socks on. I remember a girl at Georgetown asked me, why are you walking around on a carpet? I'm like, because I lived in a shelter and like, it's like, it's whatever, like my feet are fine. Mm-hmm. Um, and just being in those different type of environments that are dingy or there were raccoons in the ceiling that sometimes would drop out of the ceiling um oh my or not having hot water which that's something I'm so oh. used to now mm-hmm. and I'll just jump in the cold shower and it's nothing wrong with cold showers but imagine a child having to take a cold shower every, every single day. time yeah and even in the winter time goodness gracious yes so uh it was it was crazy and especially the environment of having people there who uh, were participating in drugs mm-hmm. and just seeing a lot of different things um you probably saw things or heard things like, I mean okay, me I just... I've seen it and heard it all and I guess what my mind is doing, I'm trying to pick up details, but my mind has suppressed it and saying, leaving the past is so bad for you. Like it's kind of locked behind a door. All I know is from what I remember. It's like, it's a really traumatic experience because it's like all I remember. It's like getting hit by a car mm. and you wake up and the doctor's like, what happened? You're like, I really don't remember. I just know I got hit by a car mm. and I woke up here. And so many things that happened that you actually were awake for. Like, you remember your ribs hurting. You remember the impact it had on you. You remember blood coming out of you. You remember all these things. But your mind's like, you don't need to remember that because it's painful. So you're just going to remember A and then Z. And so when people ask me things, um, I try to connect and go back to it so much because I know that my mind has locked it up a little bit. I understand. Wow, that's deep. That's deep. Uh, Okay, so D.C. General for two or three years. And then you got into Georgetown. Mm-hmm. Uh, you were valedictorian at yeah. Anacostia High School. <laughs> was that like a cool thing or like the people like were um, the students embrace you or were they kind of like, uh, you know, people actually. Was I'm going to be honest. My my sport families loved me. So I did track cross country. I was captain of all my teams, volleyball, wow. flag football. Um, and then I was on a lot of academic teams, like extracurricular activities after school. And a lot of people who didn't hang out with me, who couldn't actually feel my personality and just saw my face, or if I didn't let them cheat off my test, why are you so stuck up? You think you all that. You think you all this. Actually, when I go home, I'm fighting for my life and I'm surviving. Mm-hmm. So it's actually nothing personal against you. Right. It's just me trying to be better. I'm sorry if you don't know the answers and you didn't study because I actually spent all night trying to study mm-hmm. in a place that we don't have lights and using my phone to try to see. But yeah, mm-hmm. and then when the when I don't like calling it a story when my life experience was explained on TV, people would come up to me and say, you know, I'm sorry, I really misjudged you. I thought that you were just trying to pretend that you were better than all of us, and I was like, I barely noticed. Like it's nothing personal. 
it was really me trying to just be my best self. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. that was kind of like, and I never told anyone that I was experiencing homelessness while I was there except for right. my coach. I see. I understand. Yeah. And I can understand why. Yeah. Mm. Well, that's powerful. And Georgetown, how was college? Like how, because I know that like coming from D.C., coming from Anacostia, Southeast, mm-hmm. D.C. General, like all of these places. To Northwest. To, yeah, to <laughs> private, right? Private. Yes. yes. <laughs> PWI. Yeah. How was that? How was that transition? I feel was- so bad that I can't even tell people how it was for the first two years at Georgetown. I locked myself in my dorm room. You would not see me at Leo's, which is our dining call. I removed myself from all people. I tried to be alone as much as possible. I was really going through it. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't really good for me. And my roommate became like my sister because she was going through a lot of things that she had brought from her life. And I was kind of mentoring her and she was mm-hmm. kind of teaching me some things. But I didn't make any friends that year. I was a part of um community scholarships program csp so if i saw people i knew from the program like i would speak but you would never see me actually hang out with nobody i would go to class i would work 20 hours a week go back to my room after coming back from that marriage realizing my purpose realizing i was being a coward realizing i was holding back so much potential that god had to me when i came back the last two years oh yeah i joined rugby um, I started trying to make friends. I tried to like open up a little bit. I attended maybe three, four parties. It wasn't really my scene, so I like cut that off. Um, I really started to like try to show people, you know, who I am, and try to open up because that's something hard for me to do. And I know a lot of people just think I'm like, why is she so standoffish? Like, please don't take that personal. Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess the last two years, I guess it was I guess it was good. I didn't get that full experience just because my past or at the time it was Karen. Everything had followed me. I see. So that makes sense. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Now your last two years, mm-hmm. did you was that a little different? Like did it, you start to It was social? I, I did much better. I did okay. a little more socializing. Okay. Still had to cut some people off though. <laughs> hey, but no, you know, <laughs> Yeah, sometimes you got to do what you got to do. I found my two best <laughs> friends um, who I love dearly. That's good. And shout out. Yes, shout, shout out Deja and Wesley. Hey, Deja and Wesley. <laughs> um, they're absolutely amazing. They push me to do better. Having a boy and a girl as your best friend, you get both the best worlds. You get to see everything. You get to talk if different levels of uh, intimacy that you need in those conversations. It's provided. Um, and I just love them so much. And I, uh, Wesley was, I think one of the first people I've only, so my roommate who I had the first two years, Mm -hmm. she let me meet her family, but he's the second person who's actually, he's the first, I'll put it like this, who's incorporating me into his family. And I feel like, wow, this is like, I've never felt like this before. And it was just like. This is what it's like to have family. Like, I always say to his mom, I'm always asking her questions that seem so, like, everyone should know this, but she's so patient with me. That's good. And <laughs> yeah. That's beautiful. That's so beautiful. Yes, family, you know, can can be a beautiful thing. And, and family doesn't always have to be just blood-related, but, you know, friends can certainly become family. So I'm I'm really glad that you... You know, some folks call it 
your tribe you know yeah. i'm glad that you found some, some of your tribe members who are, who are family that's that's Definitely. just beautiful rashima I can't believe our time is is already done. <laughs> I'm gonna have to bring you back okay. again <laughs> so we can have a part two. Okay. Um. But it, what it, you just gave? I mean, just in you being your authentic self, your your authentic human self, you've really just enlightened us with a lot of different nuggets of wisdom from your own experiences, but. If there was one or two things that you could say to a young person who um, maybe they seem lost or or maybe they're being driven by fear or or neg- negativity or, you know, maybe they they're hesitant to to make friends or maybe they they have experienced homelessness or they maybe they're experiencing it now or experiencing something that no one else like people don't know mm-hmm. um and maybe assuming things about them whatever the case may be what are one or two things that you if you you know if you could let them know what what is it that you would tell them i guess the first thing i would say is no matter if there are a million bad things facing you chopping you down breaking your character really working against you always find that one good thing that one light to keep you pushing forward always let that little bit of good outweigh the bad um and never let the bad things change who you are on the inside and I guess number two and this is just for everyone especially young people coming from a person who grew up with no money uh the education system doesn't teach financial literacy And so right now I'm working on investments. Um, I'm working on budgeting. I'm working on savings. Mm -hmm. It's a lot of things. And I I self-teach myself, um, so I read a lot of books. I would just say educate yourself and don't wait for other people to teach you. Go out there and get the information yourself. And I think that's just very important to anyone. Mm. So. Yeah, I love it, Rashima. You are amazing. Oh, thank you. You are amazing. <laughs> you are so amazing, and uh, we're happy to have you on Millennial Minds. And we we have to have you back because there's a lot of things we haven't yes. covered yet. Thank you. The but, pleasure is all mine. <laughs> thank you. And we're excited to see you know what as you h- how your future continues to unfold. <laughs> You are listening to WERA 96.7 FM, Arlington, Virginia. This is your girl Yazzie Speaks on Millennial Minds. Till next time, peace.